0: Learn all about investing in real estate in Cambridge, Massachusetts, with a combination of real estate financial planning and modeling with numbers specific to Cambridge. Plus, syndicated, more generalized recordings of live and pre-recorded real estate investing classes, not all of them specific to Cambridge. Be sure to stay tuned after the podcast for a message from our sponsors. All right, good morning and welcome everyone. I am James Orr and today we're gonna do a special mini class. Today we're gonna talk about down payments For various loan programs for real estate investors. And so we're not going to cover like a wide range of financing. I've done like, you know, two hour, four hour classes before on all the different things about financing and how they all work. But today we're really going to focus in on just the down payment part of it. And there's a lot more to know. And there's a lot more we're going to cover in future classes. However, today is just about down payments. So let's jump right in. So before I get too deep into the down payments, I wanna tell you that these programs change over time. It wasn't that long ago that we used to have a 1% down conventional loan program that a lot of nomads or house hackers would use for stuff, but that has since gone away. And by the time you listen to this, because recordings kind of um, are a snapshot in time and in the future, you may run into something that's completely different. You should always check with your lender to see what the latest options are available to you. So I'm going to cover what it is as of today. And this is um, March 10th of 2023. But realize... This is a really good overview of the different kind of loan programs and what the down payments are. However, you should always check with your lender to find out what the latest stuff is and to make sure that the ones we're telling you about are still available in their current form and find out what else is available, what has changed since this date. So make sure you check with the lender to find out what the loan program is and that'll help you a lot. Okay, so a lot of what I'm gonna be covering here on the next slides, one slide that's gonna go over all the different down payments, but a lot of what I'm gonna cover on the next slide, we're talking about the minimum down payment, you could use if you wanted to get that loan program. So we'll talk about, you know, FHA being a three and a half percent down loan program. However, you could decide, and in many cases you should decide, because it will be advantageous to you, to put more down when you get certain loan programs. And we're going to do an entire class on this idea in the future, and I'll show you how the returns change and the characteristics of risk change based on how much you put down on a particular loan. But today, for the sake of this particular class, We are focused only in on the down payment and specifically the minimum down payment you could put down in order to get these particular loan programs. Okay, this is it. This is the whole thing. Okay, so these are the different down payment programs, different loan programs, and the different down payments that they require. And I broke them into kind of like two major categories. I call one category the owner-occupant category and the other one the non-owner-occupant category. And you might be thinking to yourself, James, I thought the name of this class was something like real estate investor down payments for various loan programs for real estate investors. So why are you even talking about owner-occupant loans? Well, the reason I'm talking about owner-occupant loans is there are strategies that a lot of real estate investors use where they get owner-occupant loans. They opt to move into the property as part of their real estate investing strategy. So for example, some people want to do house hacking. They want to buy a property where they rent out a part of the property to someone else. The the most common example of this is imagine buying a duplex. When you buy a duplex, you move into one part of the duplex in many cases, and then you rent out the other side. I think the dream for a lot of house hackers is to go buy like a fourplex where they can rent out the three other units. They could live in one and the rents from the three other units will cover all of their payments on the entire thing. So they're living for free. I think that's a dream of a lot of house hackers. So some of these owner-occupant loan programs could be used for house hackers or nomads. Nomads, if you remember, are people that buy a property as an owner-occupant they get owner-occupant financing, sometimes nothing down financing, sometimes you know very low down payment financing. They move into the property for a year, at least a year. And why is it a year? It's a requirement of the lender in most cases. So the lender is going to say to you, hey, listen, we'll give you this owner-occupant financing, this really good, desirable owner-occupant rate, which is usually better than the investor rate and we'll allow you to put less down in order to buy this property. But we require that you move into the property within 60 days and that you remain in the property for a full year. After the year, you can move out and convert it to a rental if you want to. But for the first year, you need to be living in that property. So, nomads, what they do is they move into the property, they live there for a year, and then they buy another owner occupant property, usually with nothing down or a you know, very low down payment. Then they move into that one, they convert the previous one to the rental, and they repeat this process until they have as many rentals as they desire. You could do it for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. You could do it more than 10, which a lot of people think the, the traditional loan limit is 10. And that's true for non owner occupant loans. But if you're moving into a property, there's actually no limit as of right now. And that could change over time too. Okay. So why am I covering owner-occupant loans? Primarily for people do in the nomad strategy or house hacking strategy, where you're actually either moving into the property, living there, and then sequentially uh, parlaying that property into the next one, to the next one, to the next one, until you get as many rentals as you want, or house hackers who are buying properties like duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes, or even single family homes where they're renting out part of the property, like getting roommates as an example, okay? So owner occupants, that's where we're covering that, and the not owner occupant, it should be obvious, that's real estate investors, that's traditional real estate investing, Okay. All right, so let's talk about the non. Let's talk about the owner occupant properties first. So let's talk about the 0 percent down loan programs that are available to you. Okay. And you might be saying three. I only thought I knew about two. Yeah. So there's two really really common ones, kind of federal programs, and then there's a lot of local banks that will occasionally offer nothing down loan programs, and you got to go find them in your local branch. So that's we'll cover that one first. So basically, if you know of a local bank in your area that is offering a nothing down loan program. And it varies by area. I can't guarantee that this one will exist for you, but you can go find local banks that are doing nothing down, okay? So go ahead and look for those, that's it. All right, the VA loan program is one of the other nothing down programs, and it requires that you have VA eligibility. So if you served in the military, um, and in some cases, if your spouse or uh, parents serve this, I think there's some weird carve out exceptions, but go check with your lender to find out what the eligibility requirements are for those. But usually it's when a, a person is a veteran, they served in the military themselves and they have VA eligibility, they can get a nothing down loan program in order to be able to buy a property. So you can buy a property, nothing down. There's no, I'm, I'm not really covering PMI, but if I think about it here while, while I'm doing it, I'll sort of mention it. So VA technically doesn't have PMI. They have what's called a funding fee instead. Basically, instead of paying a big lump sum private mortgage insurance payment upfront to kind of cover the lender in that case, VA charges a upfront fee in order to protect the lender who is guaranteeing the loan. So the, or the, the veteran's, um, administration who is guaranteeing the loan for the uh, individual lender doing the VA loan. Okay, so basically, it's a nothing down loan, it does require funding fee, you can finance that funding fee, um, instead of having PMI. The other nothing down loan program is the USDA loan program. That's the US Department of Agriculture program. It is designed primarily for low income borrowers buying in rural areas. So are you going to be able to buy this usually in like a big city? No, probably not. But if you move to the outskirts of the city, you may find areas that are USDA USDA eligible. And if you have meet these certain income requirements, you may be able to get those um, special loans and be able to get a nothing down loan program there. And similarly to VA, um, technically it's not private mortgage insurance, but there is a upfront funding fee for the USDA loans. And there's also an annual fee for the USDA loans. Uh, that's sort of like an equivalent of PMI. Yeah, you know, PMI. This we're going to do a whole class on PMI, but PMI, the basic version is it's insurance that you as the buyer of the property pay to protect the lender in case you default. The lender, the lender would prefer that you put 20% down, but they say to you, hey, look, okay, you know, I would prefer you put 20% down, but if you're not going to put 20% down, I would still consider making you this loan, but I want some protection in case you default, in case you don't pay that if I have to go foreclose, I'm going to get all my money back. So what we'll do is we'll have this third party, this private mortgage insurance company that you're going to pay to protect me in case you default. And as long as you do that, I'm okay making you this loan with less down. You know, in some cases, 5%, 3%, you know, 0%, 3.5%. So they'll go and they'll say, they'll bring in this third party company, third party private mortgage insurance company who will protect them. And you're going to pay for it. We're allowing you to put less than 20% down. That's the way to think about it, okay? Okay, so we've covered the VA loan, nothing down loan program. You usually have to have to be a veteran in order to get that. So it's limited in who can get it. The USDA loan program, which requires rural property, which means that you will need to buy a property in a rural area. And you can look on the USDA website in order to find out which properties are eligible, which areas are eligible for USDA loans. Or ask your lender to help you. They can tell you about that too. Um, or some local banks will have nothing down programs. So those are primarily the three nothing down loan programs. There's some other ones where you can negotiate that. We're going to cover those here in a little bit. But primarily, those are the, the more, more most common sort of nothing down loan programs available to you. Then the next one is conventional financing. Conventional financing is as low as 3% down. So you can get a conventional loan with 3% down. And then the next step up for conventional is usually that 5% down loan program, which is usually a little bit better from private mortgage insurance rate, usually a little bit better interest rate. Um, But you can go ahead and get either 3% down or 5% down. Sometimes conventional will have these special programs. I was to mention at the beginning that they had a 1% down loan program not that long ago, but I don't think that's available anymore. Check with your lender to see if it's available at the time that you're about to get your loan, but that's something for you to consider as well. And then, of course, they have the you know 15% down, 10% down, 7% down, 11% down, 20% down, 25% down. You can put different amounts down. It's not like you have to put exactly 3%, okay? So conventional, as little as 3% down. FHA, FHA loans are 3.5% down. And I'll mention this now, too. So the two loans that you could use that are sort of the main loans that you could use to owner-occupy and be able to buy multifamily properties are VA and FHA. So if you want to buy a duplex or a triplex or a fourplex, you can use VA financing in order to do that, you got to move into one of the units, or FHA financing in order to do that, you got to move into one of the units to do that. But you can use those to buy duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes, and in addition to single family homes with them. Usually can't do that with the USDA loan, usually can't do that um, a lot of the local banks you can't do it with, but, you know, check with them. Maybe their program does allow it. And the conventional loans, you can't do that with the with low down payments like 3%. I believe, and definitely check with your lender because I'm not certain on this one, but I believe the multifamily properties where you're going to own or occupy with conventional, I think those start at either 20 or 25% down. Okay. But again, check with your lender. That's one I'm not sure on. Okay. All right. So we've covered VA, USDA, and your local bank being the nothing down programs, conventional 3%, 5% of the two most common low down versions of that particular loan program. Uh, FHA is three and a half percent down. And then we've got two that I'll kind of group together, private loans and creative financing. So private loans is when you're sitting at the Thanksgiving table and you're talking to grandma about how you're buying real estate and uh, how you know you're getting these loans from banks that are in the six, seven, eight, nine percent range. And she's like, well, I got this CD and the CD is at two percent. Man, I wish I could earn more than two percent. And you say, "Well, Grandma, how about we kind of work together here? You know, you've got you know four hundred thousand dollars in your CD. I want to buy a property that's going to need a four hundred thousand dollar loan, and I'm I'm looking to pay seven percent. How about I pay you four and a half? We'll kind of split the difference somewhere in there. And uh, you know that would be better for you, and it'd be better for me. Grandma's like, that sounds great. So private loans are individuals who are not in the business of loaning money, and you go and negotiate terms for them loaning you money. It's talking to someone like grandma. So there's a misnomer out there about people going out there and seeking, you know, private funding or something like that. If you're looking for private funding and someone offers that, that's like a a service that they offer. That's a hard money loan, right? They're a hard money lender. They're not really doing private loans. That's sort of like an individual who's not usually in the business. That's how I differentiate them in my head. Some other people may have different definitions, but that's how I differentiate them. A private loan is someone you know that you go to that you're asking to make a loan who's not typically in the business of loaning money. If you go to someone who's in the business of loaning you money, that's a hard money lender, Okay, which we'll cover when we talk about non-owner occupant. So private loans, the, the amount of down payment you negotiate with grandma is wide open. Grandma may say, I'm okay with nothing down. Grandma may say, I want 10% down. Grandma may say, I want 50% down. And then you got to decide if you're willing to play with grandma's terms. So you got to understand that the terms of these private loans is completely negotiable. They're not written down anywhere because you're talking to an individual who's not in the business of making loans. And you're actually the buyer in this particular situation. And you're coming with a meeting of the minds and trying to figure out what is acceptable to them, what's acceptable to you, what works, what's fair. Okay, so it's completely negotiable as to what the down payments are. Similarly with creative financing. Creative financing is a lot of times when you're going to the seller of a property and you're negotiating terms to be able to buy that property creatively. Buy the property subject to the existing financing and maybe financing a little bit of their um, down payments to them. Or maybe there's no down payment to them. So it's all negotiable. Or maybe you are doing owner financing and all the terms of owner financing with the seller are completely negotiable. So you, I can't give you like a down payment amount for private loans or creative financing because you're negotiating with an individual and there are no set rules, okay? All right, so those are all the owner-occupant financing type of options, like three, basically nothing down, VA, USD, and your local bank. There's conventional 3%, 5% is probably a little bit more common. FHA, 3.5% down, private loans and creative financing. Now let's talk about the non-owner-occupant investor loans, which is probably what you're more familiar with. I'll start with conventional. There are, as of right now, 15% down conventional non-owner occupant loans. You could buy an investment property with 15% down. Now, you're going to have a slightly higher rate and you're going to have private mortgage insurance because you're putting less than 20% down on usually on those loans, okay? Or you could bump up to 20% down and you could have no PMI. And a lot of times people will actually voluntarily put more down when buying conventional loans, non-owner occupant, because the interest rate tends to improve. And the jump usually from 20% to 25% is usually significant enough that if you can, it's probably worthwhile doing that to improve cash flow, which we will talk about in another class. Okay, But conventional, as low as 15% down with PMI, 20% down without PMI. Hard money loans, we talked a little bit about that. We talked about private loans. Hard money loans are for people in the business of loaning money. They typically are short-term commercial loans. Uh, think, think a loan for someone doing a fix and flip, and that's probably the most common version. They wanna go buy a property that they're buying at significantly below market because it needs a lot of work. They're going to a hard money lender and a hard money lender says, okay, I'll loan you 70% of the after-repaired value of the property. Um, and I will loan you that for six months so that you can get the property, purchase it, rehab it, and then refinance it or sell it and get out of that loan. And these can be nothing down. You know, a lot of these lenders for hard money loans will say, look, I will allow you to buy a property and uh, you know you don't have to have any money in the deal as long as the deal is good enough. If the deal is sort of like marginal, they may say, look, I want 10% down or 5% down. We're 20% down. It's, you know, it's, it's negotiable too. But again, these are all over the place. There's a lot of range in what they are, but they can be nothing down. And then commercial loans. Commercial loans are usually for purchases where you have five units or more. The financing changes from one unit, single family homes, condos, townhomes, those types of things, all the way up to four units, duplexes, triplexes, and fourplexes. After that, the financing changes considerably to these commercial loan products. A lot of the commercial loan products not all of them, but the majority of them are um, not fully amortized loans, and they are not 30-year fixed rate financing. A lot of them have balloons or interest rate adjustments in them. okay? And most of these commercial loans are 20 percent down. All right? That is the down payments on all the different loan programs. So in conclusion, always check with your lender for the latest information about different loan programs. They change. Just because I told you about these today doesn't mean that you'll call up tomorrow and the loans won't be slightly different. They can change over time. Some of them may go away. Some of them may add more. Make sure you check with your lender and ask them, what are all the different options available to me? I want to be able to evaluate all of them, okay? You can and sometimes should put more down and it may be advantageous for you to do so, okay? And there's a lot more to loans than down payments. You know, I covered just the down payments to kind of keep this discreet and covered in a very small topic in a very small amount of time. But there's a lot more to loans, and we're going to cover those in future modules. All right. This has been James Orr. Hope you enjoyed. Bye-bye for now. With home prices up, mortgage interest rates up, and rents up but not quite enough to counteract the higher prices and interest rates. Cash flow on rental properties in Cambridge is harder than ever. Book a call with the Real Estate Financial Planner to apply our proprietary 88 strategies to improve cash flow on your rentals. See the show notes for a link to schedule your call and improve your cash flow today. If you're a real estate agent, lender, or professional in Cambridge that wants to help our real estate investor listeners, consider reaching out to learn about collaboration opportunities with this podcast. We'd love to add more value to our listeners by having you assist our investors buy sell, and finance their real estate investments, see the show notes to schedule a call to discuss collaboration opportunities.